So good morning, listeners, and welcome to this special broadcast from Commercy Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. During these times of restrictions and mass attendance, we want to thank West Limit 102 for facilitating our connecting with Abbeyfield Parish Church here in County Limerick for broadcasting of Sunday Mass. We also want to thank Father Tony Mullins for changing Mass time of 9.15am to allow our listeners to join Mass at 10 o'clock here and Sacred Space, West Limit 102, 8 Sunday morning. So we now connect with the Church of the Assumption in Abbeyfield for the broadcast of Sunday Mass. Longing for light, we wait in darkness. Longing for truth, we turn to you. Make us your own, your holy people, light for the world to see. Rise, be our light, shine in our hearts, shine through the darkness. Rise, be our light, shine in your church gathered today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord be with you all. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to all who are joining us here in the church in Abbey Field, Our Lady of Assumption Church. Welcome to all our parishioners from around West Limerick and beyond. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and it's often called Good Shepherd Sunday. In the readings today, we are reflecting on the care that we receive from Christ, our true shepherd. And we rejoice that this pastoral care continues in the loving tenderness extended by many Christian men, men and women throughout our own communities and throughout the world, and particularly during this time of this time of crisis in relation to our health. Today is also a day of prayer for vocations. So we pray that the Lord will stir in the hearts of many men and women the response to respond to his call to be priests, brothers, sisters, and indeed active lay men and women in families, in parishes, and in our diocese throughout Ireland. Today we want to remember the following people, especially here, Bridie Kelly of St. Ida's Housing, Abbey Field, whose month's mind mass we celebrate, also Hannah O'Donoghue. We also want to remember and pray for Josie O'Sullivan of Turing Donald Ate, whose fourth anniversary it is. So, my dear friends, we gather now together in silence for a few moments as we call to mind our sin. And knowing that God cares for us every step of the way, we rely on divine forgiveness. Lord Jesus, you have shown us the way to the Father. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you have given us the consolation of the truth. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd leading us into everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us all, forgive us our sin and bring us to everlasting life. 
We praise God as we say. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And let us pray. O God, you never cease to call even those far away, for it is your call, it is your will that all be drawn into one fold. Attune our ears to the voice of the Good Shepherd, who leads us always to you, that we may find under your tender protection life in all its fullness. We ask this to our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So our readings now from the Acts of the Apostles, the first reading, we hear St. Peter preaching on the first Pentecost day. And in the second reading, which is the letter from St. Peter, Peter calls Christ the shepherd and guardian of our souls. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with eleven and addressed the crowd with a loud voice. The whole house of Israel can be certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hearing this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, What must we do, brothers? You must repent, Peter answered, and every one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise that was made is for you and your children and for all those who are far away, for all those whom the Lord our God will call to himself. He spoke to them for a long time using many arguments and he urged them, save yourself from this perverse, perverse generation. They were convinced by his arguments and they accepted what he said and were baptized. That very day about 3,000 were added to their number. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Response, Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me to revive my drooping spirit. Alleluia. He guides me along along the right path. He is true to his name. If I should walk in the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear. You are there with your crook and your stuff. With this you give me comfort. Alleluia. You have prepared a banquet for me in the sight of my foes. My head you have anointed with oil, 
my cup is overflowing hallelujah surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life in the lord's own house shall i dwell forever and ever hallelujah second reading a reading from the first letter of saint peter the merit in the sight of god is in bearing punishment patiently when you are punished after doing your duty this in fact is what you were called to do because christ suffered for you and left an example for you to follow the way he took he had not done anything wrong and there had been no perjury in his mouth he was insulted and did not retaliate with insult when he was tortured he made no threats but he put his trust in the righteous judge he was bearing our faults in his own body on the cross so that we might die to our faults and live for holiness through his wounds you have been healed you have gone astray like sheep but now you have come back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls the word of the lord thanks be to god gospel acclamation hallelujah 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 i am the good shepherd says the lord i know my own sheep and my own know me the lord be with you a reading from the holy gospel according to john jesus said I tell you most solemnly anyone who does not enter the sheepfold through the gate but gets in some other way is a thief and a brigand the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the flock the gatekeeper lets him in the sheep hear his voice one by one he calls his own sheep and he leads them out when he has brought out his flock he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow because they know his voice They never follow a stranger but run away from him they do not recognize the voice of strangers Jesus told them this parable but they failed to understand what he meant by telling it to them so Jesus spoke to them again I tell you most solemnly I am the gate of the sheepfold all others who have come are thieves and brigands the sheep took no notice of them I am the gate Anyone who enters through me will be safe he will go freely in and out and be sure of finding pasture The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full This is the good news the gospel of the Lord 
So welcome to you all who are joining us this morning for this Mass on the fourth Sunday of the Easter celebration. We particularly welcome all our listeners on West Limerick 102 FM and we are grateful to the community radio station for providing this wonderful service to the local community. I know that it is truly appreciated by many, many people. In recent weeks, many people have remarked on the singing of the birds and how we are hearing them like never before. Of course, in recent times, we've all had much more time to be attentive to nature. We're more tuned in to what is going on around us. We're beginning to see and hear things in a different light. And our eyes and our ears have been open to experience the beauty of creation, perhaps in a way that we never had noticed or seen or heard up to now. In so-called normal times, the demands of our daily lives in all that we have to do don't afford us the opportunity to appreciate all that we have in the beauty that surrounds us. Many people have rediscovered this beauty during this pandemic crisis. The normal activities of life prevent us from connecting with nature in a way that perhaps in recent weeks we have been able to do so. The usual noise of work, of cars, people cutting lawns, loud music in our ear, of children playing, the noise of what we might call of everyday living often prevents us from hearing what nature has to offer us and in a way deprives us of an experience that is life-giving in itself. I think we all know and have had the experience where a bird singing so beautifully can stir our hearts within us and fill us with a life-giving energy and a joy that only nature can give. We do live in a world that is very busy. We are all busy people. And we live in a world that is consumer-driven, where so much is put before us as to the solutions of our daily problems offering formulas for health issues, wealth and happiness, for solving our problems and getting ahead. It is surprising how much the quality of our lives is affected by these voices that we tune into. And in the midst of all this clamour for our attention, it can be difficult to distinguish what is an offer to us. And it is particularly challenging to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, the voice that offers hope and a real sense of direction for our lives during this unprecedented experience and indeed for all of our lives. During these days of self-distancing and isolation, many of us are reawakening to the presence of God living deep within us. If we listen carefully, and we have to listen carefully, we will hear the voice of the Good Shepherd calling us to the fullness of life which he can only give. This is truly a time to listen carefully to the voice of God within us, and that life-giving spirit of God within us will nurture our spirit. It will fill us with hope and help us along the way of our journey. He is the Good Shepherd, leading us to green and fresh pastures, pastures of contentment, pastures of inner peace, and of acceptance of ourselves as we are. And the shepherd will help us to cope with the reality in which we have to live our lives. 
What is highlighted for us in today's Gospel reading is the relationship of trust between the shepherd and the sheep. Shepherds are individuals who are trusting and in turn they inspire trust in those whom lead. This wonderful quality of trust, so rare in our experience, is expressed in today's Gospel passage by the image of a gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. Naturally, we ask, the gate to what? The gate to life and to the fullness of life. And that is what we are all seeking for ourselves. That is what Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is offering us. And on this Vocation Sunday, we know that the voice of the Lord is also calling men and women to participate in his mission in the world. We need many who will commit to living their lives as priests, religious and lay leaders, men and women who will be active participants in the church in their local community, who will be like a gate to a sheepfold without the slightest trace of possessiveness, happy to be a passageway through which many will pass freely and live life to the full. I'll leave you with this image. A pilgrim to the Holy Land told me yesterday evening after Mass that while they were traveling in their bus from Nazareth to Jerusalem, he noticed a man herding sheep and oats in the desert. And he said what struck him was the shepherd was leading and the sheep were following. In normal circumstances, I suppose we would expect the herdsman or woman to be behind and driving them forward. No, the image of the shepherd is one who leads and the sheep follow. And they know his voice, as the gospel says. So for us, Jesus is the voice. He is the shepherd. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So now together we will proclaim our faith as we profess the creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. And through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of our sin, and we look forward for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father Shorji will now lead us to prayers of intercession. God, confident that God cares in boundless that God's care is boundless, let us bring forward our prayers. For our world, 
that we may be free of COVID-19. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For Christians, Jew and Muslims, that we may care for each other in these stressful times. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For bishops, priests and religious, that they may love like the Good Shepherd. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For carers, whether working in hospitals or homes, that they may love tenderly and patiently. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For chaplains and others who look after the dying, that they love them to the end. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For young people, that they may continue the work of the Good Shepherd in whatever vocation he calls them to. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all who are died in Christ, especially Bride Kelly, Hannah O'Donoghue, Josie O'Sullivan, may God give them eternal rest forever. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Loving God, like a caring shepherd, you bring us along the right path. Hear our prayers and grant us your help through Christ our Lord. Amen. water and wine. May we now come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbles himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, through your goodness we have this wine to offer fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become for us our spiritual drink. Lord God, we ask you to receive us and be pleased with the sacrifices we have freed of My friends, we pray now that my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Lord, grant that we may always find delight in these Paschal mysteries, so that the renewed constantly at work within us may be the cause of our unending joy. And we ask this prayer to Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation at all times to acclaim you, O Lord, but in this time above all to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For with the old order destroyed, a universe cast down is renewed, and integrity of life is restored to us in Christ. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, all people exult in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as we acclaim. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are holy indeed, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy therefore these gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when the supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of all our sin. Do this in memory of me. So now we proclaim the mystery of faith, save a savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray that, partaking of the body and the blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, Brendan, our Bishop, all the clergy, religious, and all who serve your people. Remember our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all those who have died in your mercy. Today we remember Bridie Kelly, Hannah O'Donoghue, and Josie O'Sullivan. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Apostles, St. Peter, St. Ita, and all the saints who pleased you throughout the ages, that we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and that we may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, with him, and in him, Amen. O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Augustinus Grimish Kananahar Femina Voinar Slanihar Dun Ayen. Ar Nahar Atar Nav Gonefathanum. The dog of the reaked, Gonien to the Heller and Olive, Marie Enter and Nav. On her own, Lehuel, Tortuin inu, and Gusmaduin Arvika, Marwahamid Nave Kunufain, Snalikshini Gahu, Oxair Shin Oal. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour. Jesus Christ. So, Lord Jesus, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. 
Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. And the peace of the risen Lord be with you all us. So we'll offer each other a gesture of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those called now to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body and the blood of Christ keep safe for eternal life. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. O sacrament, most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment's dying. So just some brief announcements here. We also want to remember in our prayers this morning the soul of Mary Bone, uh, late of Shanbally here in Abbey Field and of Tralee, wife of Sean. And we offer our sympathies to their, her family at this time of her passing. We also want to remember... Father Paul Dillon of Dewar Parish, uh, retired from working in the English Mission, who passed away also last weekend. So may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, 
Rest in peace. Amen. So there are just some announcements relevant to perhaps everybody, I suppose. Um, Pope Francis has encouraged all of us to pray the rosary during the month of May here in Abbey Field Parish after Mass each weekday. Father Shoji and I will pray the rosary in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament with prayers specially composed by Pope Francis for the month of May and reflections on the mysteries of the rosary. So those who join us for weekday Masses are indeed welcome to join us after Mass for those devotions. Of course, you will be able to say the rosary yourself or even a decade of the rosary during the week uh, as part of world prayer for the uh, overcoming of this pandemic crisis. Now, just in relation to First Holy Communion, this is the time of year when so many children and families would normally be getting very excited and ever ready for their First Communion celebration. Clearly, these will not take place now uh, because of the uh, situation that we are in, and obviously they will take place during the autumn. And all of that will be worked out when the schools return. Meanwhile, we encourage the children to continue with their preparations, with the assistance and help of their parents and their older brothers and sisters, helping them to remember their prayers, maybe looking up about the life of Jesus in the Internet and in their religion book, Growing Love. So we will be in contact with our parents here in these parishes in the coming week, uh, offering uh, a little bit of assistance as much as we can. Uh, I'm very conscious that the parish of Ate was due to have First Communion next Saturday, so we will also be in touch with them. Similarly, the children uh, who have hoped to celebrate confirmation and who have yet to do so, uh, all of this will be celebrated now in the autumn and all will be worked out at the end of the summer and during the month of September. So we'll talk more about these two events next week. So meanwhile, from Father Shoji and I here, uh, we wish you a good week and we ask God's blessing upon you and your families to continue your, uh, to protect you from all harm and to keep you safe at this difficult time. Let us pray. Look upon your flock, kind shepherd, and be pleased to settle in eternal pasture the sheep you have redeemed by the precious blood of your Son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. So our thanks to Stephanie, our organist here today, Father Shorjif, and all who have helped us to prepare for the Mass. We acknowledge the great service that West Limerick 102 are providing to their listeners by enabling Mass to be broadcast from this church every Sunday morning. And we wish everybody a peaceful and safe week. So the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We go in peace now to love and to serve the Lord. So do join with us in singing the green flowers of the rarest. Bring flights of the rarest, bring blossoms the fairest, from garden and woodland and hillside and vale. Our full hearts are swelling, our glad voices telling 
Earlier this week, I interviewed Sister Bridie Coonanhan of the Little Sisters of the Assumption, who spent a number of years working in Limerick, and we spoke for about 80 minutes. Now, this morning, I'd like to play the last 15 minutes of that interview. We'll broadcast the full interview, uh, hopefully sometime in June. So let's listen to Sister Bridie. And I believe more recently, you were in Madagascar. Yeah. Can you tell me about Madagascar. Oh, Lord. Madagascar, John, is an extremely poor country. Madagascar has 70% of its population in poverty. That means that the the whole country doesn't have the infrastructure. And there's a kind of a rating of all the countries of the world. And Madagascar is one of the least developed. And of all the countries that we are in, it is the poorest. Because 70% are officially under the poverty line. So, you know, you, you really couldn't imagine, even though Brazil and the semi-desert and all of that was very poor, Madagascar was even poorer. It really is, because they don't have the infrastructure. Now, I, when I went there, I, I had been supporting projects there for the past three years. We have two very, very good projects there. One is a health project where our sisters set up a health centre They've just bought a house and started working in it. And uh, there was no health centre in this area of a, of a big city. And on the far side of the town, the sisters have an education project where they're doing fantastic education with children. Now, I could go in a little bit more in detail if you'd like to hear a little bit more about those. Yeah, yeah, please, why not? OK, so one of the things that I discovered when I went to visit the health centre, which I had been supporting for the last three years without ever seeing it, was that, my gosh, here was a whole big neighbourhood that had no health service. So I saw at first hand the distance that sick people had to go to get to a hospital. Now, the hospital was a long ways away. There's no public transport. So if you don't have transport or if you can't afford to get someone to take you, you have to walk. And it was a long ways, a few kilometers to find this public hospital. Then when you get there, every single thing in that hospital, John, you have to pay for. From the time you put your foot inside the door, you have to pay for every tablet that you get. You have to you have to have someone to give you your meals. So your family has to bring in your food. And the worst thing of all, if you die, you are charged by the length of time that your body is left in the hospital before your family can come and get you. So there is no such thing as free health. No such thing. Every iota. And that's now the public hospital. 
but everything has to be paid for. So that was one of the reasons why the congregation bought a house and the, the sister who's running it is a nurse and a midwife. She's a missionary there from the island of Tonga, a little sister of the Assumption. And she's there with a small group of sisters from France and from Brazil, who are all missionaries working in this health center. So you can see the great need because they started, we were started helping them in 2017. Then in 2018, they had 1,606 patients. And by the end of 2019, the number had gone up to 4,627. So like you had a threefold increase because the people had no other, no other help. So that was pretty awful. Now, you, I met a meeting with UNICEF and they told me that over 40% of the children under five in Madagascar have stunted growth. Now, like when you think of it, children under five, nearly half of the whole of them have stunted growth. And like Madagascar is officially one of the highest rates of chronic malnutrition in the whole world. It, it really is very bad. So one of the things I'm trying to help in Madagascar now at the moment, I was actually on the WhatsApp earlier today with that sister in, in Madagascar because we're trying to get money for the, this crisis of the COVID-19. Because what they're finding is that the people don't understand what the virus is. It, unfortunately, John, since I was there, it has come to their city. Just one person so far has died. But as you know, once it has, you see, this place that I was in is way, way, way in the distant, you know, it's a way, way down south. It was, it took me almost 12 hours by road on a bad road in a kind of a, a, what would you call it, a kind of a communal taxi. So you're talking about a place that's a long way from the capital. Now, they're really very badly, badly situated, but the virus has reached them, unfortunately. So they're trying to gather funding because they need to buy the protective equipment. They don't have to hear so much about here, the PPE for themselves and for the other two centers that they work with in other parts of the city. They also need it. And also then they need to get very basic hygiene supplies for people, for families, and they need to get food supplies because while food is not something normally that we would be very involved in giving out, at the same time, what they say about many of these countries, John, is that it won't be the virus that will kill them. The people will die from hunger because most of them die, most of them live on the informal economy. That means that they go out every day, they do something on the street, they sell something or they're doing something, getting paid by somebody for something. But it's very much day to day living. There really is no savings and there's no fallback. So if they can't go out to work on the street, to sell whatever, you know, very often they cook food in their home and they bring it out onto the street to sell it to other people. If there's nobody on the street because of the, the isolation, the curfews, and if they can't go out on the street, then that is producing already in all of our projects, several of them that I've been on to these days, that's producing a huge problem of lack of food because people haven't the money to, to go and buy food. 
And tell me, That's sister, happening. can we do anything this part of the world in Ireland to help you out in that effort? Oh, absolutely. And people have been fantastically generous, John. I have to say that the people of Ireland have been fantastically generous. Uh, I have a very good fundraising committee in Cork and I have very supportive friends in Limerick. So what people do is that I, I give around the bank account number that is specifically for this fundraising work. This account is not used in any way by the congregation. It's used solely for my fundraising work. So any money that anyone wants to donate can go straight. It can go either into that Bank of Ireland fund or it can come straight to me here in Cork. Well, they contact yourself, Sister uh, I can tell you now, I live in Blackpool and I can give you my address. It's very simple. It's 32 St. Francis Gardens, Blackpool, Cork. Okay. And then my phone number is 87 057-8249. And then my email is my own name, B-R-I-D-E, Bride, dot, Cunahan, C-O-U-N-I-H-A-N, at gmail.com. So I do know, John, that things are very bad for many people in Ireland and they are likely to get worse. I do know that. And I also know that in terms of uh, fundraising, uh, people in Ireland in the recent years have had kind of questions about the money given to charity and whether it ever really reaches the poor. And unfortunately, you know, in the charity sector, we've had some stories that were less than encouraging. But all I can say to you is, that you can be certain, I can say to your listeners, that any donation, big or small, that is given to this fund will reach the people who need it because we are working directly through our own sisters who are there on the ground. And I send the money directly to them. So there is no difficulty of anybody feeling that their money is going to a big black hole and it will never reach the people because it will. I can give you that assurance, John. Thanks, thanks for that, Brad. So, just going back over over your your whole story there. Now it's it's been a a beautiful walk with the Lord. Uh, he, certainly, a, a few times you mentioned that you spoke with the Lord, and He certainly answered you. He certainly gave the strength to carry on. Um, I, I suppose just to sum up your own vocation and your own journey with the Lord, how, how would you sum it all up, Brad? I would say that it's very important for any young person that's searching for the vo their vocation to listen to what they might think is God's spirit within their own hearts. For example, I gave you a few examples there, John. I said at one point that when I listened to those people in Uburanas, it was like my heart, that something was burning within me as I listened. Now, also, when I was sitting in my office in Cork with Marvel ice cream, I felt this question rising up. Is this all there is to life? Is this it? Hmm. 
And I think God puts into the heart of every young person who is searching for a way of life, those desires, God puts those desires in our hearts, but you just need to take a little bit of quiet, a little bit of silence, a little bit of mindfulness, just to tune into what's going on within your own self. And you might feel that there is some restlessness there. There is something that you can't quite figure that is kind of making you a bit a, a bit searching. So my suggestion then would be that if that is true for some young person, that they would look for a spiritual guide. That can be a priest, it can be a sister, it can be a lay person. There are many people nowadays, John, many lay people who are in this work of spiritual guidance or spiritual direction. And that is something that will help the person to see, is God really calling me to some kind of a religious vocation? Because most people are called to the single life or to the religious life, to the married life, but a small number are called to this way of life, which is totally gospel-based. It's living the gospel in a particular way. And I suppose you might have heard, John, of what we call the three vows. People don't maybe often speak about them, but they are the basis of our commitment to God, like the married people take vows to each other. And we have three vows, which maybe the names of them are a little bit misleading because the names come from an old language, but the meaning of them is very important to us. For example, we talk about the vow of poverty. And when we talk about that, what we mean really is a commitment to share our lives with others in a spirit of service and to live in a free, simple and trusting way. So that means we try to be countercultural in the culture that tells you that it's all about acquiring more, having, you know, more things mm. and more things and more cars and more property and more whatever. We try to go against that by choosing to have a simple lifestyle and to share ourselves with others in service. That is very important for the vow of poverty. Then we talk about the vow of chastity. And that by the vow of chastity, we mean that we commit ourselves to continue always to keep our hearts open to the call of God to love. Because that kind of stirring in your heart is really the call of God. Now, you can close your heart to it, or you can open your heart to it in love. And that is what our commitment is, that we try to open our hearts in love to this call of God that manifests itself in every day, and to live that call of love in a joyful and loving way. No point, John, in going around with a long face if you're supposed to be a person that's claiming to be in love with the Lord and that you are committed to this way of living the vow of chastity. And then lastly, we talk about the vow of obedience. And that's uh, probably another misnomer because ob the word obey comes from the Latin word, which is translated as to hear. It's interesting. It's not to do, it's mm. to hear. Mm -hmm. And by what we mean by the vow of obedience taken by religious nowadays is that we continue to search for the will of God in our own lives, in the congregation, and in the world around us. And we do know very clearly at one level what the will of God is if we listen in an opening and listening way. 
because Jesus has already given us the total blueprint in the Gospels. He has told us there the will of God, how to live, the Beatitudes tell it all to us. So that's our vow of obedience that collectively, as a group, we commit ourselves to living this will of God. And for us as a congregation, it would be particularly with reference to families and to the poor. Sister, Sister Bree, thank you so much for, for taking so much time out to tell us that wonderful story, your, your journey with the Lord over all those years. It's so encouraging and we do, we, we do hope that whoever's listened to this programme this morning will get something from it. We'll just listen to the Lord as you did. They mightn't be going over the Andes on the bus and, and asking the Lord, and might get that, but we'll be somewhere on the journey. Thank you so much, and may the Lord continue to give the strength and the courage and the faith to continue the work you're doing. God bless you now. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. So again, uh, thanks to Sister Bridie for sharing with us her story. And as I said at the start of the programme, we'll broadcast a full interview sometime in June. Ladies and I at 11pm will broadcast our usual programme with Noreen Lynch as our guest this week. And each day after the 1pm news uh, here in West Limit 102, we'll pray the rosary with Father Kevin Scanlon and Fadana. So to finish the broadcast this morning, we'll play Sister Bridie's uh, choice of music. It's I Dreamed a Dream by sung by Susan Boyle. So please God until we meet again. Hope you have a good week and God bless now. Turn your dream to share